India probably is already at the center of world's one of the most prominent, most attractive fintech hubs. If you look at the number of fintech across the world, and if you take probably a list of top 10, at least five of them are directly or indirectly already present in here in India. If you look at the investors in the same way, I think uh, you would find at least amongst top 25 to 30 investors, they are already again investing or in process of investing in India. And this is all reflected if you look into last two years numbers of fintech investment in India. I think somewhere in 2018, we had about $2 billion worth of investment in the fintech sector alone. Last year, it almost doubled close to $4 billion in 2019. If you look at uh, the recent trends, India's fintech investment in last couple of quarters, we were the largest FDI inbound investor receive, investment receiver across the globe. So we are already ranking number one in attracting FDI. If you look at number of startups in fintech, I think we are already ranking second and this fintech revolution is just about a couple of years old, barring payments which is now a decade old. So if you look at all these statistics, I think India is very well poised to actually become not just one of the largest, but maybe the largest fintech hub across the globe. The numbers really look very impressive. But can you just uh, break down a little about the different sectors that are gaining more prominence or uh, what are the sectors that we should look for or the investors uh, should look for in this year or coming? So broadly, I think you could say some of the prominent sectors are about four or five. It all started a decade back with the digital payment companies getting recognized and licensed by RBA directly and then they creating a very major impact on actually proliferation of digital payments in the country. Uh, the sector has already created about three to four unicorns in just about a decade. And uh, this has been kind of uh, further capitalized by the next wave, which was over the last three years we've been seeing, is all the digital lending companies. And the number of uh, innovation and the interesting ideas that we've seen, what started as a probably post-based lend, uh, lending, moved into a semi-lending to a, a very simple things like payday loans to a kind of a, a just, just kind of Build me later. There's so many formats that actually emerged in the last four or five years, and uh, that's still growing pretty fast despite some of the sectoral issues. And uh, that's the second one which is actually currently growing very well. Insurance and wealth tech both are, have seen some interesting play. In fact, there are a couple of videos, even in especially in a, in a insurance sector like policy bazaar. We are seeing Wealth tech just about to start and seeing that kind of attraction. It's like early days. Mm -hmm. But I guess these are four large sectors which are growing with the early days for insurance and wealth tech. But I believe they will be there. And then there is of course a horizontal segment of technology which are cut across all these segments. Right from EKYC companies or video-based KYC companies to some blockchain kind of solutions, uh, artificial intelligence to machine learning to robotics and the uses of all these technologies across these four sectors. So you spoke about uh, unicorns in the fintech space and do we see some unicorns that can be unicorns only based on the revenues and not on uh, valuation in the fintech segment? I think it would be especially so payments which saw unicorns which has a challenge and with comment intervention I'm not sure whether good or bad but uh, has put some sort of a stress on the revenue side. While the scale continues to grow, growth remains pretty buoyant, but uh, the challenge has always been on the revenue side. It's also seen as a funnel for a lot of other services. But on the other hand, if you look at sectors like lending and insurance, it has a, some serious revenue availability. It has serious underpenetration. Today, if you look at uh, credit sector, digital lending sector, 
I think our retail lending to GDP ratio is about 10%. If you look at China, whose GDP is already more than three times of India's, actually four times, uh, is about 50% of the GDP is in a digital lending. And it has a very clear at least 2% spread revenue. So I think uh, minimum net revenue. So that's going to see a quite interesting revenues also and probably profitability also. So is the case with the insurance sector, which is again highly underpenetrated. If you take all sectors, maybe sub 3% on an average. And uh, revenues there also, again, if you do well, could be probably 5 to 10% on an average over a period of time, depending on different periods. So these are some new sectors which has higher revenue. So you will see higher revenue companies. Mm -hmm. And probably it's not just the valuation, but serious profit-making businesses also. So do you have a name for a company that can be a unicorn by revenue uh, this year? I don't have a very clear name, but uh, there are some companies who have been uh, kind of you could say on a cross lines of being a serious banks versus a fintech. So there are companies which are small finance bank and payments bank. I don't think it's right to tell them a normal bank. I think they are more like a fintech. And if you look at companies like Fino are doing extremely well, probably with their profits and growth, they would probably move in that direction very quickly. Similarly, we've already seen that in small finance bank in the listings already. I think the valuations are extremely good if you look at AU for an example. So these are quite matured, quite healthy and actually all their execution is like a fintech. Okay. And you will see, I think we have already seen policy with her for an example being a serious company being a fintech. We've seen companies like Bank Bazaar reaching closer to that. So there are a number of companies who are moving in that direction. What you're also going to see is this integration of these companies. What I love is a financial services convergence. So it will also be difficult to segment these companies over a period of time because most of these larger companies will end up doing all these services. And that's what will really deliver the higher value with profits and revenue as well, not just by the number of users. Lending and uh, small finance banks and digital banks, um, uh, those who use technology as a... Pro, as and insurance. And insurance yeah. are going to, you know, will see some uh, interesting, you know, unicorns coming out of that uh, segment, right? Absolutely. How supportive are the policies in, you know, in creating this entire ecosystem? So if I look at current state, it's exactly like a glass half full. Now, whether I look at the positive side of it or a negative side of it, probably I would look at it into totality and I would say actually uh, the half full represent things that are going well for us, uh, which is actually our journey of the whole digital or India being digital country or digital Bharat has actually put up a very good platform with digital identity with the interesting models for various other solutions in a digital way to kind of take advantage of by the digital uh, fintechs. So it's a good start that we have very good infrastructure and then some very innovative products like UPI, IMPS and then some of the new models that have been laid again uh, like account aggregators. Uh, like threads. So each of these, if you look at it, it's a unique position that India is that we are actually coming closer to a real digital economy with more and more financial services getting digitized. So that's like a positive side of it. And you're already seeing their entire attention, growth, all of that happening. The half full side or rather the half empty side is the, is the challenge that uh, there are a lot of what's happening is that as the success is coming more and more, the success also has many fathers, which is good. But sometimes that extra attention brings extra interventions. So for an example, the recent policy of Zero MDR, I think government's intentions are extremely good. Their whole focus is digitizing and growing digital. But I think they forget that this is actually going to hit the balance sheets and pay of these fintechs, which are the ones which are driving the growth. 
So giving them a reimbursement, they could have achieved the objective by giving the reimbursement to the merchant. So then you would keep the balance sheets and P&Ls of all the ecosystem intact and still reach the benefit that you wanted to give to the merchants, right? So these are like some kind of an intervention that in their excitement sometimes to drive things, you take a step and then having taken the step as a policymaker and regulator, withdrawal becomes extremely challenging uh, because all our regulations, policies are like a rule-based instead of principle-based. Yeah. So that becomes a challenge. So I think this extra attention sometimes creates, while it most of the time benefits, but it sometimes it creates problems. And I think the more market-driven approach, create more competition, let more players come, mm-hmm. let them work more easily, let's create an open licensing framework will be very helpful. Similarly, I think today, as I just said earlier, that no fintech is going to bucket itself in one second. They're going to do multiple products. Now take an example, if I'm a company who's going to offer wealth management services and credit and payments, not only I'll have to deal with different departments, I'll have to deal with different regulators. And over and above that, there are other security-related matters which are handled by departments like NITI. In this diverse ecosystem of policy and regulation, what is really lacking is the speed and the decisive, integrated decision-making. So it actually affects the innovation and the pace of innovation and how can you really create a better experience for customers. So it's high time that probably we should look at having an integrated fintech regulator. Maybe you don't want to test the existing traditional sector, but if they can just do uh, fintech companies, those which are completely digitized. The whole genesis of uh, Fintech Convergence Council, which we set up three years back, is very similar to when we set up Payment Council of India, from a small nascent committee to a full-fledged industry body, which again I chaired for over 12 years. I think the genesis has always been that all the financial services entities ultimately are driven and the growth is depending on the government's policies and regulators' decisions. We already have been working very closely. The first big matter that we took was the video KYC. Okay. And thanks to RBI, they work very positively. And today that's a reality, that a video, live video is a part of the KYC, mm-hmm. uh, DLI, so that all these common policy issues we take up through FCC. Uh, you are in the process of creating this India FinTech Festival. It happened largely because of a conversation that happened between me and Suniti. Suniti represents uh, Maharashtra FinTech Hub. Uh, and I think at both so far, back of our mind over 10 years, this has been playing that we need an international platform to showcase Indian progress in fintech. So we've been always thinking that while even at PCI, FCC and at IMI level, we have like three very big events. Uh, India Digital Summit sees about 3,000 people. We have uh, Digital Money, which sees over kind of uh, 750 to 1,000 people over a period of time. But again, these are all domestic events. So the thought was when I and Suniti spoke that we have a very large active ecosystem of fintech, but we don't have a global and international platform. Can we join hands and create that platform by coming together and bring as many ecosystem partners to make it happen and create India as the center for this global fintech event? Yeah. So there is an opportunity for us to create an experience and a first-hand sort of a kind of demonstrating that how what path India is taking. So with all of this, I think we have got together. We have were supported and uh, by the Lakers Bay from NPCI. We got great support from NITI. And thankfully, all other regulators, whether directly or indirectly, they are supporting. Interestingly, we also got global support to make this happen by World Bank, uh, UNCDF, and then many other similar agencies. So, so far, this has been a very exciting journey, and we believe this dream can come true for us as an India. Hmm. I think it's time India shows its fintech innovation and progress to the world. Right. And I think the world wants to see it. 